Hello, my name is Alessia and welcome to The Coffee Breakup. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, everybody? Yes, another episode of The, the Coffee, Coffee Breakup. Breakup. Yes, we got my boy Marv. What's up? And Christian. And mm. we have our guest, Alessia. Hello. Yes. <laughs> also, for those of you who have inquired, we also have our, our photographer on deck, making sure everything works out smoothly. So every now and then you'll see me look over. You'll probably even see Marvin look over. Mm -hmm. There's communication. He's part of the production. All right, guys. So Producer uh, over yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll use that lightly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in anyways. Thanks for um, tuning in. For those of you who are watching on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, you like, you share. Smash that like button. And Bring comment. that notification bell and comment and and you know share with your friends all that good stuff you can listen to us on spotify itunes and check out our website thecoffeebreakup.com get some merchandise some information you know the whole nine yards check, check us check out, out on social media instagram facebook twitter and, and TikTok. tiktok we're there now as well yes that being said a uh, special episode we got somebody very interesting on with us highly referred highly referred and one of our close close friends miss mm -hmm. alessia please start off introduce yourself a little bit of background about uh you know who you are your upbringing and what got you over here yes okay so my name is alessia i am originally from a small hick town in ohio small town nothing to do um so i ended up in miami because i wanted to do something with my life and was bored Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> actually, actually moved here and, for the weather. And Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, I was like, Miami is not the, I want to say it's a place, but the weather is nice. The here. weather. It's cold where I come from. So I jumped yeah. in my car. It's hot where we're from. Yeah. So you wanted some change in scenery. Change in scenery. Quite and the extreme. Yeah. It was an extreme. It was a shock when I got here. <laughs> yeah. Let's say that. So graduated undergrad and then I got into grad school down here. So I drove 18 hours in my car, ended up in Miami, Florida. And so here I am. But long story short, I studied clinical psychology at Barry University, mm -hmm. um, took a lot of classes. Uh, my thesis, I did a lot of research on cultural motivation for cultural identity, motivation for fitness, health, all of that. How come you chose that? Because when we were doing the research, they said to pick a topic. We, we have to have a, you have to do a thesis in grad school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... They but said, pick a topic of something you're interested in. And I played sports my whole life. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was okay. like, that's, that's the background. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to research, you know, so they pick something you love. So I was like, what can I do? Sports related, fitness related. I'm like, I like healthy food, all that stuff. So I'm like, let, you can make a niche with anything in psychology. So I was just do, let, let's yeah. do different cultures and their motivation to exercise. And down here, there's a diverse group of people to, to figure out, uh, to do a research study on. So I studied that. But then going with that, I found all the why we do what we do, why we're motivated to do what we do, or be, why we're behaving the way we are behaving. So I found that very interesting. Worked at a rehab down here in North Miami. Was exhausted. I did that at my internship. So then I questioned everything. I was like, is this what I want to do with my life? How come? Like, what what, what, what created that, like, doubt almost? Yeah, yeah like that wake-up, yeah. like, because, I mean, I mean, why, why did you, when you went to grad school, how come you chose... Why did you choose to go to grad school? Did you know what you wanted to do? No, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew in my undergrad, I had a psychology degree. I have a bachelor's. And if you want to actually make money in that field, you have to continu continue in education. Right. Yeah. Sure, sure. I wasn't aware enough to say, I 100% know I need to go to grad school because I know what I want to do with my life. It was kind of like, 
hey, keep going to school because you don't know what you want to do, which I'm going to tell people don't do that because <laughs> a lot of people go to school and then they have these degrees and they don't know what they want to do. Yeah. So or they I, do nothing even related to course. it. In that field. Of course. And you don't need an education, hey, my like perspective. Why are you looking at me like that? No, no particular reason. Hmm. Carry oh, on. Shots already? No, yeah, no, no. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but you. I do not think you need a degree to be successful at all. But... Um, I just kept going to school. I knew school and I'm good at school. So I just was like, let me get my grads. Let me go to school, get grad school degree. And then then I'll figure out what I want to do with that degree, I guess. So I just stayed in school. So then I had a freak out moment when I was about to graduate grad school. I was like, should I keep going to school? (laughs) PhD? Yeah, I I almost did. I applied. I applied too. And I was like, "Uh, but then what am I going to do with it? The same thing I'm going to do with the grad degree, but take take out more loans, be in more debt. And my passion wasn't there. I was just... I was scared. Right? I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I graduated, went through a breakup. Hey. There we go. And I was like, I don't want to be down here. They're, you're probably the only reason I'm staying here at the time. Sure. So he tried me. I was like, I'm going to go back to Ohio. I'm just, I had to bartend that night too. when I actually went back to Ohio. I had to bartend. I've never quit a job in my life. I was bartending. I called my managers. I called everybody. And I was like, I'm not coming in tonight. I'm not coming in tomorrow. I don't know if I'll ever be back. <laughs> Hmm. And I oh just, my god and i just started driving to ohio 18 hours after this breakup because my boyfriend at the time was like i was like i'm gonna go to ohio if we're not gonna break up there's no point in me being here he's like okay go ahead like, oh. you won't oh i won't oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> halfway through my yeah. drive to ohio he's like hey you want to go out tonight i'm like i'm halfway home you can you know where to find me in ohio <laughs> yeah wow. yeah so went to ohio That's awesome yeah i was like well there's no reason to stay right, here right, and right. you don't try me like I'm not yeah. going to leave. You told me to leave. I did what you said. You can't be upset yeah, about it. Yeah, Fair enough. Right? right? So anyway, ended up back in Ohio. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Started researching what I researched in, in grad school. And so I typed in psychology and fitness. So an article came up that said when psychology meets the gym. And I was fresh out of school, wanted to start my in practice because I've always thought about it. But I thought I'm too young. I'm too young to do that. That was my mindset. I'm too young. I need the experience. So I applied to all these nine to five jobs. I wanted to be in Florida. I just didn't know where. I just wanted to be back in the warmth. So I got job offers at rehabs and eating disorder clinics in Sarasota, um, Tampa, all those areas. But I was there for six weeks in Ohio, and I found the article that said psychology meets the gym. And there was a lady in Orlando. Her name is Sandy Canfield, and she is amazing. <laughs> um, shout out, shout out. Yeah, she's amazing. And she probably she, she is in my life for a reason because she has – helped me in so many ways in business wise, but also in becoming who I have become today. Um, randomly calls me. I call her. I left her this great message, email thinking these people are never going to call me back. She had a private practice in for psychology and mental health. And she, her, one of her business partners owned a boutique gym and they would work with bariatrics and plus size fitness. And so they would go to therapy about why they're emotionally eating. Mm-hmm. So addiction, it's everything. Yeah, We're right. all escaping through things, right? So she was like, I mean, if you want to move here and start a practice, I'll help you. I'm like, really? She called me back on a Sunday. I was having family dinner. This is you not knowing, like no connection or nothing. I didn't even know her. I literally sent an email, like my life story. Like this is what I, yeah, I'm like, whatever. I mean, I'm already up here bored as shit in Ohio, you know? So I sent her this, never thinking I was going to get a response back. And she called me like, hey, like she acted like she knew me forever. Is this this supposed to be professional or... Thinking like this lady has a practice. Is she trying to offer me a job? Is she trying to help me? Sunday, she's like, "Yeah, I mean, why don't you come down and meet me?" I'm like, this is 
said, are you serious? She goes, yeah, I do this. I work with, I do the same type of therapy, but I treat addiction, but I also treat anxiety, depression, everything. And, and people are just working on themselves. So I'm like, all right. She's like, I treat everything the same. If you want to come learn more, if you want to start a practice, I'll supervise you because you need supervised for hours. Mm, sure. So I need to find a supervisor anyway. I'm like, why not? So I jump on a flight, fly down, meet her, fly back up. Then I jump in my car because I was like, this is going to work. Let's, let's do it. Like, this is scary. Drove back down to Orlando and just rented out a room and started from no clients to now, four years later, I have a full practice. Love what I do. I'm trained and I, I deal with everything. I help people with just overall self-awareness. I tr- I'm trained to treat addiction, health. I do couples, um, everything when it comes to just psychology and therapeutic realms do you have like not a niche but do you have something that you like really enjoy um uh, sitting down with like a certain if it's relationships if it's addiction is there something that you have like a or is it still exercise uh something that you body prefer? image initially it was all i moved there because i'm like oh motivation for exercise that's my that's what i wanted i'm mm-hmm. like oh i want to deal with obesity and like why are people overeating i don't know if you guys have ever watched my 600 pound life I think I have heard it. It's like with very heavily obese people. And like if people like are overeating, it's the same as you're doing too many drugs, you're drinking too much. There's always a food is the drug. It's comfort, right? And so we all do it in moderation. We have to eat, right? So occasionally we're like, I wanna I wanna eat crap food. That's fine, right? But if you do it all day, every day, you're all you're focused on is eating, that's bad. Right? Same with anything, drugs, alcohol, everything in moderation is okay. If you're doing too much of something, what's going on? So I initially only at first thought I wanted to work with, no, I'm just going to move there and work with plus size fitness too. Cause that's my realm. Yeah. But then in growing my practice, I was like, I can't just really specialize in that if I'm trying to get clients. Right. Right. So then I started realizing through working with older therapists and that's going through emotional based therapy trainings that, Oh, we all have stuff and we're all driven through emotions like it's deeper why. than just what you were originally right initially i was just like oh yeah i want to help and this is the niche and i wonder how but i'm like no if you get to people's emotions you can treat anything it doesn't matter where you're coming in for if somebody walks my office i'm that confident to say you know how to help you because i'm just have to get you to follow your soul and figure out what's the emotion that you're de- not dealing with or you're dealing with and to help heal that so you're not either escaping it and you're learning how to deal with it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, because a lot of us, we, we I would, well, I can't say all, a lot of us, but I would assume that people, they, they're they just comfortable with some sort, you know, with what they've always known and what they've always done and, and a belief that they've had. Maybe they've instilled it in, them, in themselves or maybe, you know, uh, through parents or through their environment, through of friends. Course, so then you kind of just believe something and then if something challenges that, you get uncomfortable. Of course. So why are we getting uncomfortable? So I guess you try to find that yeah. root. Of course. And all of us, because we all have strategies in your brain because of childhood, families, right. and experiences, and memories. Your body has memory. You have to remember that. So if you go through, if, if you are in a relationship and you're with the next person and something happens that reminds you of the old relationship, yeah. what's your body do? Be careful. It triggers. Like, like yeah. a warning almost. Of course. Like, you know, when yeah, you you, yeah, I think the body acknowledges a pattern. Right. Of course. The body has, recognizes, of course, and you're, you're trying, you're scared of that emotion because right. you remember how it hurt, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, like, uh, you see the pattern, you think the result can be the right. same because, so of then your voice is in your head, like, hey, remember what happened last time? Don't trust him because the last guy that you trusted, you got hurt, and then right. your body's like, you don't want to feel that pain again. Instead so of saying, yeah, this might hurt, and I'm willing to accept the pain, 
because it might happen again, but it might not. But this is a new guy, so I'm going to be open-minded. But your voices are still like, well, remember last time? Good, yeah. Because remember that feeling? We don't. Instead, so you have to be like, hey, love is pain. So I might get hurt. I might not, but I have to. That's vulnerability. It's almost like that survival instinct where it's like, man, like I'm used to, like this happened. I'm tr like my body's programmed to, you know, I, I got burned. And then now I see fire and it's like, oh, you know, let me, let me back away and let me not even engage with that because this happened instinct. X amount of time. Yeah. Of course. So I think that's how we kind of, we program, you know, survival instinct, but also we have to be smart enough to say, hey, this happened. But just because it happened last time doesn't mean it's going to happen this time with somebody else. Such a, such a crappy way to think too. Like, like uh, how, 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 deep trauma can be sure yeah. because of one uh experience that you had it, it can change sure. how you approach everything yeah For sure like an instance that happened when you were a kid can affect you for the rest of your life if likewise, you're not really yeah, likewise. Of unless oh uh, yeah unless you unless can you identify and, and then yeah and a lot of us can't why because it becomes our norm right right so when it's your norm it's comfortable so you see people that are like okay like i'm just i'm, I'm disorganized because you know i grew up in a family where we're disorganized Do, does that mean you really like it or you're just you like yeah. it because it's your norm and oh, that's you, all you know yeah so your body's like now i'm uncomfortable in the calm but how do i get to normalize that in my body right yeah it's like you have to practice it you're you have to get that feeling met what would that feel like if to learn to grow up in a calming state mm. if it's foreign to you you're gonna usually not yeah. want it yeah, ignore yeah. it yeah why like this if this is all i've known and it's worked for me why but it's not working. When we become adults, our strategies yeah, aren't working. I know. Mm. So that's the so. thing I teach too. It's like, well, yeah, of course. I want to. I want to figure out my problems alone. I'm used to doing everything alone. And I always say, how's that working for you? I know that strategy. How is it working for well, you? Well, th they can say it's worked thus far, but mm. in hindsight, if you really like has identify, it? it's yeah. like, yeah, has, has it really? It really? It's worked this far, but you are still wanting help, right? You might have a strategy. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody because I've made it this far. It's like, oh, it's like this yeah, omnipotence and this I mean. aggression of like, I don't need anybody. But at the end of the day, when you're crying and you're alone in your house, like, I wish I had help. But you're not allowing people to help you because you're like, don't worry, I don't need, I don't need your help. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not even allowing it. Instead it's, of saying, let me, I don't like asking for help, but let me challenge myself to be like, oh, I, this hurts my ego a little, but help. I do want help today. Right. And are you willing to help me? But it's like, mm, don't ask for help. You don't. It's what, so what crazy how like the same like mind kind of has its own argument against itself of course you're fighting your yeah, you're yeah. fighting your, your voices demon. all day yeah, that's like so crazy demon, right? you think about it yo it's creepy that's super creepy you're fighting you, people don't realize like when i ask clients when they first come in about relationships or what they're going through why'd she make you mad i don't know she just makes me mad you know why she makes you mad you just haven't <laughs> sat and thought about what happened that actually caused that emotion right a lot of people, as soon as I see them, I have to teach them. I'm like, I'll let them say I don't know a first few sessions because a lot of people are uncomfortable in the silence of let me sit here with myself and figure it out. That's what that's what getting the help is. Right. But, but I feel like a lot of people just aren't, they don't know how to sit with themselves and be like, okay, this is course. what happened. How, okay, let me dissect and you know, step back and see what went wrong and why am I feeling the way I'm feeling. Or they're so comfortable with the thought of, well, she makes me mad that, why even try to think differently because she just well, makes me mad. There's a voice that's like, oh, nothing's going to change anyway. Right? Yeah. yeah. So why do I have to tell her she should know what's wrong? Or, 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 or not only that, it's also like uncomfortable to think that, oh, well, maybe it's not her. Because all I know is that she's, oh, you know, she makes me mad. All I know is that she's been making me mad yeah. this whole time. But why? Oh, I, I don't want to, like, now I have to change the right. way I think. Of course. So. And I have to be curious. And people don't realize, like, that's, even being curious about yourself, it's exhausting. Right? It's worth it. But, like, the first 
things you go through figuring out your yourself like who am i like what are my thoughts what are my feelings it's exhausting i call it minor surgery when people leave i'm like you had a minor surgery today hmm. go home and take a nap <laughs> no, be, right. because you're like you're sitting there like why but then when you ask yourself why you have to feel right that's why people aren't it's easier to say she makes me mad than to sit here and be like every time she does it i'm sad about it yeah like and then under, you understand the, the why right? remember at the beginning we were talking and something happened and i said what are you feeling and i said label yeah. the emotion annoyed and you have to actually think about then you're it like, like what am i feeling i'm annoyed and now it's like damn, no, I actually feel annoyed. Then you're feeling it, but it's good for your body to say, it's okay to feel it. Acknowledgement. Yeah. And, and it causes emotional regulation, which a lot of us want to be like, no, I don't want to worry about it because I won't have to deal with it, which is hold you in anger, resentment, or just I'm going to act like I'm happy, but I'm actually just not dealing with the stuff that's making me feel yeah. negative. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's awareness. Yeah, oh. like yeah. Pretending like, oh, okay, I'd rather not deal with the emotion. But of course. The but then you'll never know what the emotion exactly. is. So that's awareness of, of identifying what it actually is. I mean, like, oh, so this is what, being annoyed is. Of course. I think ultimately no. we're just so used to dealing with the symptoms, right? Rather than the actual, what the cause of it, right? Of oh, I'm course. upset or she's of making course. me jealous or I'm insecure. Well, that's the reaction, but where is this coming from? Exactly. And a lot of us just don't even sit there with, the, with ourselves or with the, the other person and like dissect in and kind of figure out, hey, what is going on? Of course. If you get to the emotion of anything, that's where you can actually, in couples too. Couples is the big thing. What is happening on the other side that you're not aware of? They're not aware of. They're not telling you. It's not just about, oh, I'm mad because they ordered Dairy Queen and I wanted something else. It's like, mm. well, when they chose that and didn't consider you or something. Yeah, you felt left out or maybe. It's something. like, why didn't you ask me? That's what always. He never asks me what I want. He just goes and gets what he wants and, and assumes that it's what I want. How's that feel? I feel, I feel like I'm left out all the mm. time. I feel like he doesn't include me as part as part of the relationship, right? And, and then and then he's like, "Well, damn, I thought we were fighting about Dairy Queen the whole time, right?" <laughs> right, right, right. I've seen that in a session. They're like, "You're never gonna guess what we fought about." And I'm like, "What?" They're like, the, and "My clients that have seen me for a while, couples come in, they're like, we fought about the yard work, you know? We fought about Dairy Queen." I'm like, "You didn't fight about Dairy Queen. Yeah, he, you think you fought about Dairy Queen, right. but it's like the emotions that you guys aren't saying. This is the reality of what the patterns we get into every time." So uh, w when you when you sit with these these clients and we'll use the same example, how do you um because it, when they're in their relationship on their day to day, that never gets identified or that conversation never arises. How do you then get to that point for them to say to to get to that point? To take it to what point exactly? Like for them to finally like it's not just that we're fighting about Dairy Queen. It's oh I'm I feel left out in the, in that case. Like how do you get from we're point, fighting point about a. yeah we're we always fight about Dairy Queen to Oh, it's because I'm left out. How do you, you have the conversation, have them time. get to that? <laughs> it takes time and it, you have to go slow. And you know what? Individual clients and couples, the biggest thing I had to learn doing what I do, the, the slower you go, the more uncomfortable people feel, mm. right? Cause then you're forced to feel mm. and yeah. then that's, I'm going to let them, but let's go slow. Let's, let's dissect this Dairy Queen. Let's lay out Dairy Queen. What is it representing? So it's like you're kind of creating like a network. I basically am going to take you through this. You walk guide. them through. I'm going to walk you through. Let's start with Dairy Queen. Yeah. And then next, you know, they're like, they're, they're going to start arguing about something else. It's like, well, remember that one time too? And I'm like, oh, here we go. Right? Supermarket when you pick this instead of this. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, so now we're just, it's like every time, then I'm going to help them realize the patterns of what's the dance like that yeah the demon yeah, but, you all, but, like, but th that should also be kind of healthy because at least now they're all letting it all out would you 100 percent because there is such a difference between hey you don't ever include me and you went and picked up dairy queen i'm pissed at you versus 
once once a client's in there and says, I'm, I'm like, hey, ha- let's act like your man's not in here. I do that in sessions all the time. If 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 you was just me and you and your significant other actually wasn't, let's pretend he's not in the room. What are you actually upset about? And usually it's like, no, actually he does this all the time. And what what's the feeling you have when he does it? I feel sad. I feel alone. I feel alone every time he doesn't include me. And then the the husband's like, you feel alone? Yeah. You feel alone? And then it's like that empathy comes in of like, I don't want my woman to feel, if I knew you felt alone, I'm, in my head, I'm just, it's Dairy Queen. Right, they don't even think about what they're yeah. doing or, or, or like the severity of it. Maybe yeah, even. of course. For them, it's just, it's Dairy Queen. But it's, it's deeper than that, right? Yeah, or, or, or the supermarket, like yeah. I said, it, it probably all stems from the same place. Right. And the getting same to, feeling. And getting to that feeling is when you're like, oh, well, these are all related, which if we solve this problem, of course, there is no I I do it myself, and I always tell my clients to do it. What's the main emotion you go to in a fight with your significant other? I ho- that's what I try to help couples dissect. Mm-hmm. What Try to pinpoint your dance. And that stinks because you have to realize what am I feeling when I'm in the fight with my significant other? What right? do you mean? What do you mean by dance? So there's a there's a relationship dance. I usually draw it out for people, but it's like the infinity symbol. I like created mm-hmm. like on the on the screen. Yeah, it's yeah. Like the, I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. It's like the infinity symbol. So I would say there's a dance. So it's like oh. um, couple a couple's getting a fight, right? It's like oh, you pissed me off, or we're in a fight, and it's like now I'm mad, and I'm like I don't even want to talk about it. This isn't even worth my time, and I leave. There's usually one person that's more avoidant and one person that's more anxious. That's yeah. usually what happens. So one person's usually the one that's like, peace. I am not going to deal with this today because we're going to end up in the same stupid fight. I'm leaving. And what's the anxious person usually like? Oh, you're going to come back and talk to me? Are you going to come back? Like, I'm anxious because I want to fix our relationship. I don't know how. I just want it to be better. Like, yeah. come on, let's talk about it. Are you really going to walk out on me? And then the other person's like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't have time for this. And leaves. So then what usually happens is because we don't know how to have the deep conversation of what are we actually right. fighting about. The avoidant person comes back, and then the anxious person's like, "Voice, don't bring it up because he seems okay now. Let's just act. Let's just okay. Now we're fine because the emotions are like right. calming down. So now it's like, all right, you come back in the house and we just fought five hours ago. But now that you're back, I feel like, all right, he's home. I feel better. I feel I'm already calmer, and th- my emotions that were heightened five hours ago are calm now. So now I'm, I'm not even gonna bring it. It's not even worth bringing it up again. And then boom, what happens? The the actual what we fought about is never addressed. So it's like, exactly. All right, cool." Babe, okay, whatever. Hey, what do you want to? What do you want to watch? What do you want to watch on TV? What do you want to have for dinner? And it's like we're gonna we're gonna probably forget about what we fought about yesterday. Yeah, and yeah. so and it's like all right, fine, forget. It it's not a big deal anymore. It's not a big deal anymore. It's not a big. And a lot of it, you think, well, it was something stupid. We fought about Dairy Queen, and then what happens? That means your the the dance just happened and nothing was acknowledged exactly. in the dance. So then, guess what? The next fight happens. You probably feel whatever feeling you're not addressing. It's probably the same feeling. You're just not aware of it. Mm-hmm. And then boom, that's that fight happens. Same shit. Oh, I'm going to go out. He- I'm a vo- Here we go again. I'm a leaving. I'm anxious. You're in that dance of that fight, that uncomfortable feeling. And then it's like, we don't want to be uncomfortable. So well, let's just act like it didn't happen. Instead of, hey, every time you're in that dance, let's realize and say, this is it. We're in that dance. And guess what I feel? I feel alone. And if they can acknowledge the feeling that they're having in the dance, there's a similar feeling in everybody's wounded differently. So what one person feels, the other person's like, oh, you feel alone and I feel unheard, whatever. Do you think that that's um, uh, it's like a balance between boundaries or do people just avoid doing it altogether? Because maybe someone does want to or maybe like, let's say we get into an argument. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll be like, oh, I don't want to talk about it right now. But I'm like, well, I want to talk about it right now. And that could be a little bit challenging. Or, is, or, or do you just find people that are just like, oh, let's just not deal with it at all? Both. Both. I think people are scared. Voices in your head. Now I don't want to talk about it because I don't want him to get mad at me. Mm-hmm. And then I don't want him to leave me or I don't want to start another fight. Or the boundaries. 
which this is a hard one. I see it a lot, which is I, when we're in a fight, I want to fix it now. Mm. When we're in a fight, I can't fix it now. Cause I'm so mad at you. Well, we're just going to keep fighting. So what's the point? I, I don't, I can't, I can't talk to you when I'm so mad at you. Yeah. And the other person's like, well, come on, we got to figure it out right now. Cause that person's anxious and wants to figure it out. But that gets you nowhere. So where's the compromise? If right, when we realize we're in the dance, maybe like I've said, uh, one of my clients, they, this was their thing and it works for them now. She used to say, um, she used to avoid and he used to be a very anxious guy. So he's like, every time we get in a fight, she wants to go to the room. She won't talk to me for two days. She's like, I'm still pissed at you. I'm still mad. He, and he's like, are we, he's thinking like so anxious. Like, are we okay? Are we going to, are we broken up? Like, what are we? And so he's like, I hate that. That two days is miserable for me. And she's like, I need that two days because I don't want to talk to him. Then but, there's a compromise, yeah, right? Where is the compromise? Yeah, yeah. So because because that's cause you can yeah, yeah. no you because two days is that's a big that's a, that is for example, but that's a big you know stat like that's 100%. A, a big gap for for you guys not to be talking. And I I get the concept of okay maybe right now I'm so mad. Let me give some time of to course. breathe. But at the same time, so those two parties, how do they come together? And 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 find that middle ground, that boundary that they both are comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. yeah because what what I was gonna say some, something very similar, where it's yeah. like how like who makes the determination? Because let's mm. say he wants to take time, so then now I would have to say, all right, well, I need to respect that boundary and give 100%. him time. But he can always say, well, I want to talk about it now. He can be like, okay, well, I have to respect the boundary of having the conversation now. How do you find now? Of course you have, you have to, well, it's, I put it on the clients. Like, what do you guys think would work? And let's, then it's going to have to be. So one of it's going to tip on one side. It, it is, but I'm going to say, what do you think would work for you? What do you think would work for you? Right. And then it's like, well, ideally I want to talk about it now. Well, ideally I don't want to talk about it for a week. Well, let's find the middle so ground. So with the middle ground mm -hmm. is, Hey, okay, let's, let's try to compromise here and I'll throw out some ideas, mm. but usually I'm like, they're going to be the ones to figure out. Cause what works for me and my relationship might not work for them. Right? Oh, right, right, right. So I'm like, well, in that situation, I had them say, Okay, two days, maybe that's a, that's my boundary. You're not allowed. If you want to be with me, you're not allowed to ignore me for two days because that's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. not fair to me. And, the, and then the girl was like, well, it's not fair to me if I can't calm down and have my space to figure out even what I'm feeling to talk to you. So she's like, okay, how about we were aware we're fighting and he has to be calm. Like, now I just have to take my feelings and sit here and give her her space, but... How about we try by at least by the end of the day, you know, and maybe we'll, if we don't Circle have, the, back. if we don't even have the full conversation in depth, we can at least be like, Hey, are we good? Yeah. We'll, we'll try. And if we're yeah. not ready, we'll, we'll, and if not, it's like, and the thing I remember he's him saying this, this particular guy, he said, I don't feel like she loves me when she disconnects for two days. I right. So I even told her, I'm like, do you still love him when you're quiet, when you ignore him for two days? She's hundred percent. I'm not thinking about breaking up with him or leaving. And I said, do you think it'd be difficult for you to, even when you're mad at him, say, hey, I know we're mad at you right now. I don't want to talk to you, but I still love you. And he was like, he instantly, I saw his, his, his body calm down. He's like, that would, that's it. A little bit of reassurance. Right? Even if you're upset, you know, when you love somebody, you're like, hey, listen, like, I, right now I still can't talk, but just know that, I, that, I'm, that I love you and that I'm still there. I just still need some time. And I think right. it's also very important. And it was important for him to get to that because once I was tracking his mind and when he got to his emotion, he had this fear of like abandonment. Yeah. So in his world, it's like, are we done? And she's like, of course we're not done. I love you, but I just need my space. So once he said, I don't feel, what's the feeling? I feel alone and unloved. And she was like, it's not that I don't love you. And he's like, then, then tell me you love me even when you're mad at me. Yeah. 
right? Do you think that stems like deeper, like from maybe like how we had said before, maybe past experiences of what 100%. we've been used to? Either parents, or parents like history, parents or an ex, you know, yeah, of course, like of course. And it doesn't have to come out in people. It can just be like feelings in general. When you go back, people say abandonment and they'll sit there and they'll always say, well, I didn't get abandoned by one of my parents. So I don't know where this is coming from. And then they get curious about those, themselves and they just had multiple experiences where it's like, yeah, my, I had a, a lot of some friends that were always, I, I trusted them and then they betrayed me and I, I don't have that trust anymore. So it feels familiar. Or some sort of neglect on yeah. any. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's crazy. It's so amazing how instances like that in the past can literally shape future relationships sure. that, you know, that a lot of people don't even realize like, hey, this happened five years ago and it's still affecting me to this day. So, but you know, ultimately I think it's so important to, when we talked about it in the past, where you, emotional intelligence is so important when you have to know what you're feeling and to know your partner and say, hey, listen, I'm upset. Going through those emotions, but letting your partner know I think it's super important. Yeah, it's, it's also a, being able to be vulnerable and, oh. and have that emotional communication to 100%. say, well, listen, maybe I don't get you, but I'm, I want to try. That, yeah. And that's this is how key. I'm feeling. And I want you to see how I'm feeling. That's and maybe key. that'll kind of guide you. So I can now understand what you're feeling. A hundred percent. It's in all type of relationships, not just intimate relationships, friendships, family, whatever. Professional. I teach. Yeah. Professional. It's, we can always agree to disagree, but help me try to understand you. I am the right? same way. Cause at least I, now I won't, I won't have to fight you. Even if I don't agree, I at least see why you believe what you believe. A hundred percent. And that's why I believe people's stories are important. I had somebody ask me once, are you, are you attached to all your clients? Like, do you like all your clients? I said, I love all my clients. Some of them are harder than others, <laughs> but they said, why? I was like, cause like you can't judge somebody when you know their story. Right. So if they're Sorry. sitting in there and they're they're coming in and they're like, oh, here's my shit show of like, I'm going this or I'm a drug addict and I've done this and I've cheated on this. And I'm like, hey, that's OK. And when you hear somebody's story of this is why I am the way I am, you have empathy. Right. It's like, oh, does that mean I'm going to excuse your behavior? No, that's a shitty behavior. Right. You yeah. cheated on you keep cheating on these girls. Unhealthy. But if you're like, I wonder what you're feeling and wonder what you've been through and help me understand that so we can fix that. So you're not driven to have that behavior anymore. But I think that that can be also it's it's a sh shitty way of seeing it because there's a little bit of uh, selfishness there, because un I think most people who have a story or they have an experience that they can relate to are more willing to accept someone else's as opposed to someone who's probably never experienced what you've experienced. I'm going to be mm -hmm. like, well, I don't, you know, I can't relate, so I don't care. It doesn't make sense in my head. But I feel like if you're empathetic, empathetic then you'll understand, like you'll try to put yourself in that position. But I feel like only people who have, who have gone through things would probably be more, I mean, I'm relating yeah. to a, to a personal story because someone shared something that, that they were going through. Yeah. And I was just like, it was hard for them to wrap around. It was about some guy that left her mm -hmm. and it was for a specific reason, but I'm just like, listen, like, you can't blame them for their decisions if they don't want to understand. You can only do what you can on your on your part. And if they don't want to listen, I mean, that's on them. They don't have to really listen to you. You can only show that you want to explain and you want to be yourself and be vulnerable. And it's up to them if they want to kind of, you know, come back to you. But not everyone is willing to say, okay, well, I'm listening to you. And I, I feel like most people who have gone through something or maybe have a similar story would be more willing to be more empathetic. I agree and I disagree. That's what I like. I, like <laughs> I agree that if somebody has been through something similar, right? Or relatable. Or relatable. Mm. We've all been through a breakup. So well, maybe unrelated. 
but still something that that's very impactful to what's happened to you that 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 maybe no one has ever understood you uh-huh. and then finally someone's coming to you with an issue and then you're like you know what i've had i've had an experience of me sharing something that they didn't want to understand and it was important to me now you're sharing this with me i'm going to be more understanding because i never got that because you've you've experienced it so you're like i know your pain right but I, if, if I'm with you and I care about you, strangers, maybe not. I, I might be like, I don't really care about your story because yeah. I don't care to attach to you. I don't really, okay, a stranger's tell me their story and I might say, oh, damn, that sucks. And I might have sympathy. Okay. Which, oh, which okay. Sympathy is saying, I, which is hard for doing what I do because I'm, I'm empathetic all day and I'm trained to be in your, in your story with you. Yeah. A lot of us are like, oh yeah, somebody just passed away. And it's like, what's the first thing we do as humans? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, apologize. Yeah. When you say I'm so sorry, that's like, it's like, don't feel bad for me. You know what I mean? The other person's just like, no, it's okay. But if I'm like, oh my God, I know exactly what you're feeling. I lost somebody too. Now I'm in it with you. Yeah. So that's what you're talking about. It's like, we have a similar experience, but if I actually love somebody, friend, family, intimate partner, I'm like, let me in it with you so that I can try to, I might not fully feel what you feel, feel what you feel, yeah. but I'm going to try my best to jump in your shoes and say, if I, if I was you and I was going through this, I want to know what it feels like. And if you allow yourself to feel it, you're in it with them. I think it requires just an extra bit of effort to, to be yeah. like open to that. Of course. I mean, yeah, but if it's a person that you care for, you know, I think you're going to make that True, yeah, effort. yeah. Of course. Yeah, you, 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 ideally, you'd like to make that effort. Of course. Right? Uh, sitting at a bar with a stranger and they're telling me their story, I'm not going to be like, let me jump in it with you because yeah. I don't really care enough about you to want to <laughs> give my energy into that, right? Right. Have you ever had like a... a, a clients or maybe a relationship or a couple that have uh, has had that revelation in front of you where they probably never understood until they said oh now i see why or uh, let me make more of an effort to to listen to you and and understand what you're going through yeah all the time they're like that mental eye opening like oh you know yeah well i guess you mentioned it almost with like that ice cream the the what you had said earlier where it's like oh well It's almost like, oh, okay, well, now I'm trying to understand why. Of course, and in, in relationships, that's important because you're not going to like what your significant other does. But if, you don't, if you're not understanding why they're doing it, you don't have empathy. You're like, no, you're just doing this behavior that's annoying me. But if you understand why, like, so if I give the example, I, had, I did, I had a couple, and it was crazy. Like, I saw, oh, my gosh, see, I'm, I'm getting emotional even talking about it. The, long story short, they, had a, they have a lot of stuff going on, and they never had talked about each other's history. Like they kind of knew the basics of, Oh, I know her. I know how her family was her dad, but you don't know how wounded people's people go back to like family stuff. Right. And that's how the minds formed. It's you're, you're growing up with parents, families, family dynamics. That's your first kinship. It's like how you learn. So they're in a relationship and she, something happened and this, his wife was in the car and she had surgery and they're parked in the, in the parking lot and the lady goes she I guess she was like crying because the husband gets out and goes into the store and then drops the car off and she's just like you're not gonna leave me are you and he was just like babe what's what's going on like no I'm not gonna leave you are you crazy like yeah. she's like but she would just get out of surgery so she was on some anesthesia but she just had so many emotions and she said I just don't understand like you always walk out on me like you always walk out he's like what do you mean? Like, and so they get in that fight all the time. It's like a dance of theirs. Like every time they get in a fight and he walks out, she's like, he always leaves when things are hard. He always leaves when she, things are hard. And so he's just like, damn, bro, I can't ever win. Like, you know, we're in a fight. I'm trying to avoid fighting more. And it's always like, you leave me. 
But then she starts, she's in a session and I start, I asked her, I'm like, how did you grow up? And she was like, she starts crying because I knew she knew what was going on. So they start talking about, she's like, yeah, he was in the car. And they, they start talking about that scene. And she said, when I was younger, every time my dad got upset with me, he ignored me and walked out. And he was like, the husband turned over and goes, is that what happened when you were in the car? And, it, and it, you, you felt, you felt something and she was having body, see that's body memory. She was like, yeah, every time you walk out on me, I feel abandoned. Right. Like, and it's nothing to do with him actually. Right. It's her own stuff, but you could see his shift of like, I never want you to feel like that. Like I will, what do you need from me? Then he was more of like, what do you need? And she's like, when we're fighting. Can you just, can you not leave? Even if we're fighting, go to the next room, but don't leave the house. I feel like I'm a little kid again, not safe. I feel like I'm, I'm alone and abandoned. And he, he moved into this empathy state that he just, he innately went. I've never seen them touch in a session and he grabbed her hand. I wanted to cry. Yeah. And I was like, over there as a therapist, so trying to keep it together. Like, Oh my God. And he was like, I'm so the empathy. Yeah, I know. See, you feel my it. eyes are watering, dude. But see, as wow. soon as you see that in sessions though, it's like, let Ooh. me understand why. Cause in his world, he's like, this girl's freaking crazy. She cries every time I leave the house. She's so stupid. She's so psycho. And she's like, let me tell you how I, let me tell you about yeah. the feeling I had as a little girl when my dad walked out on me. Like every time he would never try to hear me. So can you at least try to hear me when, when we're fighting? Mm -hmm. And that would mean a lot to me. And he was like, babe, I got you. And like when they come in out, like they're more excited to learn. He's like, he, the next session they came in, I remember he, he, and he was like not wanting to come in. So that hooked him. And he came in the next session. He, I was like, Hey, you look nervous. Hmm. He's like, I'm actually excited because if I can learn more about that stuff, that she went through and it helps me realize why we're fighting. I'm excited. Cause I, now we're growing and we're not staying. Now I'm understanding how to be a better partner. And he's like, I want to be with you. I'm here for it. And I want to, I want to figure out these things. Yeah, but you, people's you, history. Exactly. I mean, you, you need to have those in that information in order to have those tools to, to kind of go, go through these problems together. Because right. if you don't know about what's going on, what happened to you 20 years ago, and this is why you're doing what, this is why you are the way you are. How can I fix that behavior? You of know? course. And why do you think that he never knew? Is it because maybe she just didn't want to bring it up? Did you identify that? Like, did she? I just helped her identify that, and then I don't think she knew that that's where it was coming from. But they didn't talk in depth about history, right? You're like, okay, I know your dad wasn't there for you, and I know your mom. Basic. Sure. That's surface level stuff, mm -hmm. you know. I know kind of how you grew up, but if you tell me like, let me tell you the pain and shit I went through growing up, like, no, I did feel like this when I was little, and not to blame my parents, but to, why do we, why do I have clients even go back into history? And a lot of people will say, oh, I am the way I am because yeah, my family was this, this. And I said, but I never want to keep a client angry with their family or anybody. I'm saying, let's go back to understand it. That way we can work on it. Not to blame because everybody's wounded. Your parents are doing the best with what they have. Exactly. To, Cause they, it happened to, their, to them with their parents probably or something similar. Of course. So it always, it's always a root issue. Of course. Yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah. Um, do, do you feel like in that instance, for example, like she had that trauma decades after it happened. Is there any way you can come out, come out, get out of that trauma that happened to you? Or is this, okay, this happened to you as a child? That's it's just more of like an acceptance and understanding of it yeah. rather than getting, getting past it. Getting over it? Is that, is that or they, do they go hand in hand? You, you get over it by yeah. accepting and understand it. You never get over it. Right. It's like, that was my question. So like what a scar. I, it's a scar, but the therapy I do too, it's a body mind therapy. And we do a lot of stuff with like body, the body memory. So 
if somebody is in a trauma, which is, we talk about severe trauma, but the stuff we're talking about is normal everyday life generational trauma, mm. which is like, this is just how we're raised. Yeah. Minds, military mindset, for example, just be tough and get over it. Okay. But then your body's like, what if, what if you're, you actually want that hug or you want, you're like, eh, but I'm not supposed to ask for one that makes me weak. Right. Mm. So you have that, but then your body's craving, your body needs certain things. You see people self-soothe all the time. Yeah. You know, and you, that means they're, they're needing something. And so I pick up with that in sessions. I had a client, a recent client and she was um, trauma rape victim. And instantly it was the first thing she was talking about her trauma. She starts going like this. They comforting herself. Like she's like, and I'm like, do you, do you need anything right now? She's like, no, I, no, I got this. What's that voice? I've done it before. Right. What, what do you mean? I don't need anybody. And she has that in her history. Right. Like, I don't need anybody. I'll figure everything out by myself. I got this. Who? It's done. It's over. There's nothing I can do about it. And I was like, can, this is really creepy, but can I, can I try something? She was like, yeah, she trusts me. So she's like, like, this is creepy, but just go with it. So can you grab that pillow on the couch? And she, and I, this is the kind of therapy I'm training. It's called PBSP. It's like it's trying to get body feelings met that are, what, is that, what does that stand for? It's, it's a pesoboid and psychomotor system. It's like a huge, that. it's a huge thing. Um, it's that. actually yeah. a European based therapy. That's it's newer in here, but it's, okay. it's cool. a lot of like just an emotional based therapy. So we're trying to track the body memory because when people go back into trauma, you don't want to keep them in it because that it's like what you're saying. It's like, can you get over it? Mm -hmm. You can't erase that memory and no. you can't, your body can erase that feeling either. Right. Right. So, but to not keep you in that state. So when that client's in my session and I said, grab that pillow and she put the pillow, I was like, just put it in your arms. So even that interaction with a pillow, which ideally it would be a person, right? But she put the pillow and I was like, Hey, I know you're in the, in the trauma right now and that's scared you feel unprotected she held the pillow and as soon as she grabbed onto it she hugged it she hugged it even tighter and started crying i was like what are you feeling she goes i feel calmer which shows me when she's in the trauma what does she want she doesn't know how to calm herself down ideally back there she would have needed like comfort comf somebody to comfort her but she's not allowing people to comfort her does that make sense but how do you so, so okay so how did that progress then because if she doesn't allow it and was this like a wake up for her that she's like oh maybe i do need someone yeah, and it brought it to her awareness i was like how did that feel she goes calm i was like do you, do you want to open up and ask people in your life like hey i'm scared maybe you maybe you do need a, what do you need it's trying to get her curious of i wonder what i need because yeah, that's a little scary because one thing is realizing it, but then one thing is actually putting it into action. Of course. And because then once it's in front of you, like, let's say, okay, I'm realizing something now, but now in the real world, I'm going out and maybe you may start getting closer to me. I'm going to, all I've done my whole life is of stop. Course. How do you, a reaction, right? Because, how do you, but say that example of just, and that was just something quick and simple. I did in a sure. session just to get her into a calming state. But if I, if she normalizes that calm feeling, she'll know how to go to it more quickly. Her body's not going to stay in the, negative trauma all the time it's like now now you're forming new neural pathways that it's are, like now it's an additional learning for her to like, slowly here's my old pathways of survival and those we can't erase but this is starting to form like oh calmness of actually letting somebody help you that feels calm i like that you're you're it's, it's a foreign feeling so at first you're like uh but then the more you normalize that in your body your brain becomes receptive to like oh this is okay too oh this and then that starts forming in your brain it's almost like, like yeah, relearning I, yeah. the whole emotional structure of like what is going on right now and like let me teach myself. And that, you know, it's amazing that humans, yeah, we go through so much trauma throughout our lives, but 
ultimately it's up to us and we're not defined by what happened to us in the past so i think for sure incredible so what what you're saying mm. of what ideally is no you cannot erase and just get over it right it's just like well, i think we had said that like hey don't be depressed just be happy that doesn't work it's right. like all right now i can i'll act like i'm happy right. but inside i'm still sad instead of okay like nope I still have this memory here. It still sucks when it comes up or these strategies that are still here that I have to fight every day. It's like, Oh, I don't want to ask for help, but I know I can and I can get that met and that's okay too. So now you have like, it's balancing it out mm. more than just having one to go off of. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, to go back a little bit to the, the, the previous uh, clients that you were referring to. Um, do you feel that sometimes when it comes to the communication or, or the avoiding, because you, you had mentioned how, um, uh, she had, you know, opened up about her trauma and how she was feeling when he would walk away because of her father or whatever. Right. Um, do you feel like there's a there a, a part of it comes from, well, I don't want to bring it up because I don't want to make him uncomfortable, like like that boundary of... Like avoiding the situation altogether, like you don't want to trigger him? Yeah, because if I tell him, then he'll leave. Uh, I'd rather not even bring it up because I, don't, I, I might mm. hurt his feelings. Yeah, because you can't be worried about his feelings. Right. Direct but kind. <laughs> this is the direction. Yes, but also the direction that I wanted to go in. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if you're saying like, like an example, I don't even know if we can just throw out an example. Well, well do you think that maybe that's, that's a reason why she never brought it up in the first place for that client? That she's like, oh, well, I don't want to say it because then he might think that I'm crazy. And Yeah, and I think a lot of people aren't aware that they're telling themselves that. It's like, I just don't want to have that conversation. But when I, when we're in a session or... I'm just talking and I'm saying, well, why are you so scared? If I put that voice out, it's like, well, I didn't want to ask him because I was worried that he might just walk out on me and then I'm going to be alone. What if he leaves me? Yeah. I'm like, why is that even there? Yeah, and you start accepting that kind of that emotional state of, well, you know, I, I could be explaining it, but I'd rather not. Yeah. And then it's like, well, then that. you're going to stay in the same feeling too. Unless I'm like, okay, well, what if you ask him and he's willing, he's not going to go anywhere. You know, that's, and that's something you have to address is I can't, why are those voices there to begin with? You know, am I worried about getting left? Am I worried about, oh, I don't want to tell my boyfriend I don't like this behavior because what if he breaks up with right. me? I think ultimately lies down and even being vulnerable, but trust. I think, right, when you trust this person enough to, okay, like I can confide in this person, I can be vulnerable. And yeah, I might hurt him, but he knows that I'm going to be there no matter what and they're going to be there no matter what. So when you have that emotional connection with that person and then in tr that trust i think it makes things a lot easier like i can be i can confide in you i can be open about it and I'm, yeah you might be upset but ultimately we have that trust with each other where i'm you know you know i'm not gonna hurt you even if i might hurt you but it's it's, it's for not the best. malicious exactly it's yeah. for the best and maybe i'm trying to, to to help you ultimately that's the goal right but when you have that foundation where you have that trust and that intimacy intimacy you make it so much easier yeah for sure this could be in anything, the relationship, or if it's romantic, or, or, you know, when you're with somebody that you're dating, goes even to, especially, I think, you know, when your sex life, right? Yeah, you that's, know? well, I mean, we, we spoke about it yesterday, yeah. um, and, and that was one of the, the adamant, I mean, I literally wrote it down, because we, we really got into it, it was mm. sex and connection, and sex and ego, were the things that I wrote down, because of, uh, yeah. whether it be, um, that, that you found a lot of the clients that their sex was off, and they didn't understand why, like right. it, it was, a really, it got deeper than just, like what was happening yeah, a whole bunch of stuff so there's a lot of i see that a lot with individuals that talk about i mean relationships connections and then couples in general so if we're talking about the realm of sex in general what's sex is connecting but if you're not connected outside of sex what is sex actually doing for your relationship we spoke about it yesterday yeah and then we said um toxic sex is the best sex 
And, is and, it? And then we we, 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 we started dissecting mm. it. Do we think that it's it's the best sex? In the moment, it might feel like right. this is great, but why? Because that's the only... Positive. I mean, there can be different, depending on the people, obviously, and everybody's wounded different. Like, I'm going to always repeat that, but if you're saying toxic sex is great, it's... Well, are you disconnected in every other aspect of the relationship? So the sex is like, Peak. sex is a high. You know, when you're having sex with somebody, you're, all your endorphins in your brain mm. are like, yeah, it's like a drug. So you're getting high for a second. You're connecting with that person in that intimate, physical way. But then you come out of it and it's like, all right, well, now we're disconnected and we don't actually like each other or we don't want to be together. So, oh, toxic sex then because it's 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 chasing that high. It's all we got, right? essentially, yeah. but... I mean, that's what you associate of having the best sex because just everything else is so, I won't say depressing, but right. it's just so a low, such a low. Right, of course. And then we talked about that yesterday where I said, you know, and even my past experiences, there's, and I have clients talk about this all the time, when you're, when you're in a relationship and you're not having deep, meaningful conversations or you're not challenging each other, you're not connected in other ways, you know, the mind or other ways people connect, just like little intimacy thing or like wanting to spend time together, like really getting to know one another, then it's sex becomes like, oh, let's talk about sex. Like what? Do, now we're having the conversations about sex because we know how to connect yeah. with sex. It's like right. now we're having great, amazing sex, but that's the only thing we have. So we're going to make it the best. But when that's gone, it's like, well, what else is they, you know, I'm, I'm really starting to picture this because you would think that if all you have like toxic sex is the best sex, it's because there's such a spike, right? Of course. But it's almost like, okay, well now we're, we're increasing the rest of the relationship where now it might not, you would think, oh, okay, well sex won't spike as high as it before, but I feel like it would only spike even higher based on where this, like, I don't want to say the new low is, but if we're so in tune emotionally and, and, and we're having conversations about sex, um, now the sexual chemistry is only going to be even higher than what it was before right. when it was, it was just toxic sex for sure and but you have to be talking about it yeah that's, yeah, that's what, what yeah. and that's the thing a lot of people are talking about sex or wanting or craving that sex when they're disconnected elsewhere but a person that you're maybe connected with emotionally maybe you're not taught you're not you don't have the need to talk about sex or to crave sex with them all the time because you're connected in other ways but yeah if you're having conversations and having sex conversations too, that is that can peak in both ways, but the, it might not feel as high. That's the thing. You don't well. Th that's that, that's what I'm saying. Because wouldn't you think that it'll peak higher because you have more of a balance of that emotional health? Or where oh, if you, if I thought my toxic sex was the best sex because it's all the way up here, mm -hmm. but now with my new partner, I am so emotionally connected on a higher level. The sex is only going to get even higher than what you thought your previous peak was with the toxic partner. Yeah, to a point. I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I also I also think, and I don't know, I'm not saying this is accurate or right, but I also think there's a a level of like that. If you only do a certain drug one time, so this, sure. the toxic sex, you're not having sex all the time usually, right? Yeah, it's almost yeah. Like, yeah. You're in a relationship okay. where like the curve, it's like more of a bell curve, I would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're with somebody and you're emotionally connected, but you're probably having more sex, right? So it's like you have sex multiple times a week. It's like, all right, we're having sex, but that toxic person is like, we haven't had sex in a few months and now I'm craving you more. Boom. And now I'm and like ready up. to take that drug and get high and now I'm getting it. And so now it's like, ah, oh, I crave right. it more. And then you have the downfall and stuff for what you're saying. It's maybe more connecting sex, but you're having it more frequently. So it's not, maybe not as high every time. Cause it's like, it's like right. a drug. You take a drug, right? Right, right, right. the more you, you take it, it, the more you get Almost, used to it. And then you're yeah. like, oh no, I need more. Instead right. of, 
So I guess yeah, when you have that toxic sex, it's more of like a contrast where everything is really you know most of the time it's bad. Yeah, I think it's it's comparable. Right, because I think the comparison to the rest of the relationship is just so low that it's that 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 drug spike. Yeah, of course. If you're disconnected everywhere else, that's just like I'm craving. I'm craving it now. When you're really connected with somebody emotionally, you yeah, you might want to be like, oh yeah, right now we had a great conversation. Now I really want to have sex with you because I'm connected with you like emotionally. Now I'm like, yeah, Yeah. do it. But it's the other person. You're just like, oh. I, I'm craving sex with you because I'm so disconnected. So we're gonna have some great sex, and then that's gonna go away, and I'm gonna be like, oh, back to disconnection. Now, right. now I'm gonna wait, and I'm gonna chase that high again because I'm gonna try to connect with you. I have no other way. It's crazy. Like your mind like associates. Well, terrible like, though, because you would think like an actual drug, like yeah, yeah. boom or boom or whatever, yeah. boom, and that's like something you're putting into your body, but your own, but your own body is right. developing these like same stimulants and like mm-hmm. endorphin right. spikes and stuff. Crazy. Yeah. It's all emotions. See? Wow. And, and and you've dealt with um clients who have um because I know we talked about it yesterday where there there's almost a, a disconnect or a concern of 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 saying, Well, look, I don't like this or how can we make sex better? But you just yeah. kind of accept it, right? Yeah, because we, we what we talked about because we're always scared to hurt our partners. It's, ch- it's the right. ego, right? It's like, I, think I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like I don't like what we're doing in bed, but oh, I don't wanna oh, I don't want him to feel like he's not doing good so i'm just gonna shut up about or her or her or her her. or her i said him because it was Uh, me talking Mm -hmm. so so how do you break that how do you make how do you tell us about i mean you you got a lot of energy there (laughs) i think the rebel's hitting Uh, how how do you create that uncomfortable but yet necessary conversation like when you're with somebody i mean and then sex is just an example but with everything like like we'll focus on sex but you know being that how can how do you transition to be more comfortable and, and have that open dialogue with your partner a direct but kind. Direct but kind. So what that means is I'm not going to sit here and be like, hey, our sex life sucks. Right? Because you're like, well, damn, I thought we were yeah. not. But, hey, babe, I love you. And our sex is kind of getting a little boring for me. What about you? Like, is there uh, any way, like, this I Just what? imagine. What? And, yeah, you might be you might be heard about that. You're like, what do you mean? I thought we were having great sex. What's, what, what do you mean? I'm not. And then, of course, that's that ego thing you were talking about, right? <laughs> right. But I'd rather you tell me, like, hey, like, Things are getting boring and us be able to say, okay, yeah. So is there anything we can do? What do you like? Let's have these comments. What do you like that I do? No, I completely agree. But just imagine if you're with someone for like two, three, five, ten 10 years, and then they drop this bomb on you. You're like, no, um, this whole time. Sex is going to be boring after 10 years though. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, I, I think 10 point, years is too much. Yeah. Maybe let's say like two, two years or one year, one year even where you're like, oh, you know, sex. I like having sex with you. Uh, we can probably, you know, change things up or do this instead, or I prefer you do this. Um, it can be interpreted by the other partner and be like, oh, so you, you, you'd rather me do this? Like, that means that you haven't been liking it then. Doesn't mean. No, but it can challenge you. You can ego. still like it. it. Yeah, definitely. Of, of course. Challenge you, but. Of course. And it might hurt the other person. Like, damn, my guy's been just not telling me what he likes this whole time. But and like, I might be hurt. Like, am I not voices? Am I not good enough? Am I not doing something right? Instead of. Not, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's just how are we going to make it better and more enjoyable? Yeah, but imagine because I think once the conversation occurs, then it's it's on, the only way to go is up. But that, like, how do you transition to actually having that initial conversation when when that time comes? Like, how do you prep like your partner to say, "I think we need to talk about our sex." Remember, I think I think I told you yesterday. 
my boyfriend, poor guy. Like, you know, I love you. Sad <laughs> <laughs> guy. That's right. That's right. I love you. But he but knows that already. He knows that when you say that, it's like, all right, hit me yeah, across the face. With or I, I've literally have said the line. I use it all the time. Like, hey, like this is why I'm having the conversation with you because I love you, right? Mm. And I hope when you like try to understand me, I want to understand you. I want to know what you like. If I'm sleeping with you, you're my man. I've told I've told my boyfriend this. Like, I want to know the things you like, because why am I, why are we doing this stuff? If you're like, that's okay, but I like when she does the other thing better, or I've slept with girls before, and I obviously know what I like, and that's where things start getting like, oh, okay, well, you've been with other people, and you know what you like from other people, but you don't, don't have to. Don't be with her then. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't have sex with me. Go have sex with yeah. her, right? <laughs> but of stage saying that, you don't have to say it like that, because right. there's a line of a boundary of like, I don't have to give you like, I had sex with this person and I really liked it. It's like, no, I know my body and I know what I like and let me, let's teach each other right. so we can enjoy sex in the best way possible. There doesn't have to bring that. Let me bring everybody in. I've been no, with yeah, yeah. to, to compare. It's a way of yeah. doing the delivery, right? right. I'm, not comparing. right. I'm not comparing because no. I want to be with the other person. I'm saying, I know everybody's different. Their bodies are different. So can we talk about it? Plus, we're all adults. Like, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's how do you become better at something? Like, you know, like you got to talk about it. Yeah. And I think ultimately, the best way to do it is how you're even saying it. It's like you're setting it up from the beginning. You start dating somebody, and it's become more serious. Like, hey, listen, like, tell me what you like. Not just in, in sex, but in general. It goes to all, every too, aspect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's let's be vulnerable. Let's communicate. Hey, listen, what's what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Yeah, even almost have yeah. And once you set this up that those conversations don't become that uncomfortable anymore. It's not like it's a bombshell, like, oh my of God, course. we've been doing this for the five, past five years. Why are we even at this point? Like, let's do that's this from the So I think and, that will be good. And what you said about being uncomfortable, that's the thing. The first time you ever talk about it, it's going to feel weird because it's, it's a first time. Anything right. a first time is uncomfortable. True, but it'll be, what you're to your point, it'll be a lot less weird if very early on in the relationship, you guys have such fluidity with the conversations and your emotions and being able to be vulnerable that no matter what, it, it's almost like, okay, well, you're feeling uncomfortable about something. Well, let's let's talk about it before it gets into anything. So what, you're already kind of uh, like- uh, Setting the, it, the ground Foundation, yeah, yeah. the foundation. But we've had this conversation where it's like, why 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 do men suck at having sex? Where we have, we have, we made a conversation- Why do men we, suck at having sex? Why yeah. do men suck at sex? Yeah, that was the title of the yeah, conversation. That was the title. Yeah, clickbait, but, clickbait. Right. <laughs> But, and, and I was telling him at the time, like, like when I'm with somebody after, like, I'm dating them exclusively, I asked, like, hey, did you like the sex? Like, what did you like? What do you not like? And obviously, you're not going to ask that. Yeah, obviously, you're not going to ask that like, after the first time, maybe not, like, you know, you just, uh, whatever. But if you're with them exclusively, yeah, like, let me know, you know? Um, and then it's like, but it's obviously the way you present it to them. And then they can say, hey, listen, I love it, but like, maybe you can do this next time. Yeah. Or uh, I've done, you know, you want to do this, or let's try this one. Of course. And it's like, okay, let's open this up in a, in a healthy manner, um, kind, direct, but kind. Yes. But uh, I think that's a good way to do it. You know, well, like, you we're all adults. Like you're also initiating. You're, yeah. You're yeah. the one that's being like, okay, you know what? We're not going to fuck around. Well, exactly. yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no pun, pun intended. intended. <laughs> 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 Jinx. But, but like, yeah, so if I'm opening myself up and be like, Hey, listen, what do you think about the sex? Now you're comfortable enough to say maybe, okay. He asked me now. Yeah. We spoke about it yesterday. Yeah, like yeah. if I'm willing to be vulnerable, it, it, it'll in, not incentivize you, but also encourage you to be like, well, okay. Well, okay. Yeah. I can be vulnerable. Yeah, too. I want to, yeah. yeah, I want to, I want to, you know, uh, contribute. <laughs> yeah but you know i think ultimately especially when you know we're like in our late 20s now like if you can't have you know have that conversation with that person and be vulnerable with them and, and say hey listen maybe i like this or, or i don't like that too much 
man, like, you know, like you're having sex with this person. You're already being intimate with them. Like, right. uh, why, why not have that dialogue? For you sure. Know? If no, you're going to be with this person, if you're planning on marrying them or being with them the rest of your life, I hope you're having this conversation unless you're going to accept my sex might be boring the rest of my life. That, that <laughs> I never understand. Like, you married, you, married, you married with this person years and years, and then you were like, oh, the sex was whatever. Or I didn't really like the sex. You've, well, why didn't you ever say anything, you of know? Course, and course. yes, you know, some, some men are, or vice versa, they're more uh, open to that. Yeah. And some people feel more comfortable, like, okay, I can have this discussion yeah. with him. It reminds or, me of this of this post. Oh, yeah. Finish, finish, finish. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you they, they'll, they'll make me more comfortable to have the discussion. Or there's some men or some women who make it really uncomfortable to even have that discussion. It's like, man, I can't even talk about this, like what you were saying earlier, because if I talk about it, they're going to get upset. Or they're just going to shut down, yeah. and, and I don't want that, so I'm not going to say anything. But I, I like to believe that if, if you're in a healthy relationship, right. you're going to overcome that. Or being curious, why are you getting so upset that we're talking about it? Yeah, See, like, that's so what emotion. is it? Exactly. See, why, so why every time upset? I bring up sex, you seem to get upset. What's going on? Is there, like, do you want to, what, what happens when yeah. I bring it up? So that will bring that awareness, too. See? Well, I want to I wanna dive into that, but I wanted to circle back to, yeah, to what was that. I had reposted this because um, someone tweeted, uh, once in college, this girl got drunk and spilled her guts to me about how horrible her boyfriend was and how he was bad in bed and always flirted with other girls in front of her. Anyway, they're engaged. <laughs> it's like, why Why does this happen? Why do you think this occurs? Because you want to be with somebody that bad? I don't know. And there's, I mean, a variety of reasons. It just depends. Like, that girl has her own stuff. Wonder, Or maybe they had the conversation. We don't even know. Do you think, well, maybe. Do you think bad sex is a deal breaker? Like that is the, bad yeah. sex a deal breaker? Yeah, because you, 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 yeah, you had responded and we're like, oh, unless the sex is bad for the rest of your life. Um, is that something that... Maybe. Do you think communication can be enough to work on it, or I do? Yeah, I do because I feel like everybody's teachable. Mm-hmm. It's like a sport. It's a sport. <laughs> it's like a sport. It's a sport. The way you Everybody. said it was funny. It's a sport. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. Sport. I mean, look, think about the first time you've had sex. It was for me. It was a disaster. So, have you gotten better at it? Two seconds. Yeah, something like that. I'm up to a nice five. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, as uh, I guess you do can get better at it, right? As long as you're open and willing to learn. Yeah, if you're if you're especially if you're talking about it, mm-hmm. I don't, if you're open to say this is what I like and I'm willing to try what you like. Ah, uh, yeah. Is, and it's also having like at that moment, like being like, I feel like it. It shouldn't always be like maybe intimate. It should be like you know what? Let's explore. Like let's have fun with it. Like right. hey, let's, let's try something new. Yeah. What is it that you uh, like? Oh, let's start. You know, seeing where this goes. Of course. Yeah, and then she whips out like a dildo and then <laughs> strap on. You're like, Whoa! This is, much, much. <laughs> this is way too much. Like a, this is whip. where I set my boundaries. Yeah, it's like, hey babe, I think we should try anal. Boom! She pulls out the strap on. Hey. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not this way. <laughs> no, this is not. This is where yeah. I set the boundary. Oh, but having but this I, yeah, I wanted to go back to yeah, what we were saying. You remember? Um, I said you can stay curious. Like, why? Why am I bringing up every time I bring up sex? Yeah, right. Every yeah. time I bring up sex, you're like, I don't want to talk about it. Why? Like, why? So, I, or I think in this, if that was my relationship, right? This is something I know for me. We need to talk about because if we're not going to talk about sex and our sex is going to be boring, maybe it is a deal breaker for me, right? So maybe I'm like, well, damn, I need something more sexually. Can we sit down and talk about it? Because I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. So if we sit down and talk about it, we'll figure it out. I'm confident because I love you. We're going to figure it out. But if you're like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And then that would be a deal breaker, right? But if is you don't want to talk about it, what, what can tell, I do? Tell me why. Yeah. yeah. What is your why? I don't know. You do know. See? Yeah. Have you ever have you ever had that that example in with a client? Example like, of? Like the same, the same thing that you're saying. Have you ever encountered that like with, with clients and, and identified why, why, what it was? Yeah, I mean, a lot of clients talk about this, especially you have married couples that are like married for years and they're, 
I always teach too, and I learned this, I don't even know, a long time ago. When it comes to like couples, everything we're learning is about emotions and getting high. Like humans, we crave getting high. So love is a drug. When you first meet somebody, why do, why do people get so attached or you want to spend all your time with that person? Yeah. You're, you're like, oh, you're new, you're exciting. And that's when I always say, girls always get dressed up and are like, oh, I, I'm seeing him tonight and I'm going to look all hot. And guys are like, oh, I want to impress her and I'm going to spend my money and yeah, all that stuff, right? And Stupid. then you're on a high and then you're like, oh, we're hanging out all day, every day. We don't want to see our friends. We're, it's like tunnels yeah. in, right? Yeah. And then you, <laughs> then you get to this point of like, okay, now we've, now we've been together for a year and now we, once you hit the peak of a relationship, which is like, okay, we're on a high, we're climbing. I like you. Okay. I'm intrigued by you. And then you guys commit. So commitment, depending on the couple can be sex. It can be one of, are you with me? Are we committed? Are you my boyfriend? Are we married? Whatever it may be. Once this is what sucks about relationships. Once that happens, the high starts going down. And 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 you, you may never that. and you may never you can't get you, back up there, Mm-mm. or or yeah you'll you'll yeah surpass. if you, that's the you become of- you become a sex addict, or you you jump from relationship to relationship right because it's like you're you're chasing the high, of love the love high of this is new and exciting but then when when clients get down here sorry I'm messing this up <laughs> when clients get down here when the high comes down we call it the power struggle stage now it's the girls like I'm gonna wake up you're gonna see me with no makeup on because I don't care to get dressed up for you anymore and the guys like well guess what now we're I don't want to buy this dinner because I can't afford it. Can you help me? And it's like, now it's like, well, who are you? You know, who are you now that the high's gone? Now that's when the, everybody's wounds come out. Like now I can tell you that you piss me off when you don't mm. clean the dish in the sink because yeah. now you're going to see me. Why are you so frustrated? Well, now we're vulnerable. Why well, we have to either choose to be vulnerable and say the hard conversations are meant to be had or, and the sex is probably boring, not, not as high anymore because you're like okay i've already had sex with this person this many times it's not the new like oh, i'm gonna have sex with her right. and this is fun and exciting it's like now i know her sex and i know i've already had her and that's when guys are like oh i want to go girls too i want to go to the next person because it's new and exciting instead of in a relationship you have to say now we're here now we have to talk about all the stuff that actually we feel and what bothers us or else hey we could let's just break up and uh, let's start again the high mm-hmm. now it's like ooh. I don't want to have the hard conversation, so let's just break up and start again. So if you don't break up, you, the high, the oh, the high, the uncomfortable conversations will bring you back to another high. Then, so like now, if a, if a, if a relationship reaches that high and it starts to level out, where oh, okay, well now I can be myself, more right. myself. I don't have to put on makeup, or I don't have to put on, I don't have to pay for shit anymore. How does now a, cu- a couple after those conversations kind the, of the, those, back up? Those vulnerable conversations, the hard conversations that we don't, people don't want to have because they don't want healthy relationships, obviously, because they're hard conversations. They give you moments of high. Does that make sense? It's not like you're not going to fully be like, ah, because every relationship is like a, yeah, okay. okay you're not always going to be happy with your significant other. You're going to piss me off. We're, we're dating for years. I know you. <laughs> I know the things that piss me off now, but we're going to talk about it. Hey, babe. Okay. Like, but it's like, hey, if we can sit down and have this hard conversation, now I have that. Ooh, now I'm connected with you. Or are you going to piss me off again? 100%. But we're on now. We're like, oh, okay. We talked about this. We're getting better. And then, okay, you might make me angry the next day. But there's moments of high. If you're going to stay here, it's like, now I just don't even want to be with this person because yeah. everything's stagnant and we're not uh-huh. growing. You know, Or people end up cheating or now now i want to find something better this new girl is so exciting i think i like her more than the girl i'm with is she exciting or is she exciting because she's a new person you actually like her or it's just like 
that that infatuation, new feeling right? of the, the high that again. The girl, you're on the high. The honeymoon phase a lot of times also. Yeah, yeah, it's a honeymoon. Start, See, yeah. that is or like a chase. That is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that up is the honeymoon. The honeymoon's right. like, ah, oh, wait till you hit that eight month a year mark where you're like, oh shit. <laughs> that's when you think that's when it hit uh, when it happens. Uh-huh. I always say wait till eight months. It's like people are like, yeah, I love this guy. I just met him last month. We get to. I'm yeah, like, yeah. tell yeah. me about that after eight months. Well, um, have you read the book the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman? A long time ago. So did I, and 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 he had put the statistic that two years in the relationship is when things start to, to that honeymoon phase is really gone where yeah. it's like if you're gonna push through you gotta make sure you know how to communicate with your 100%. partner which dr heasty he does not agree fully but i think we we came to a compromise yeah. where it's necessary <laughs> to have five love languages uh, to communicate properly emotionally and sexually within in the relationship yeah. um but ultimately it's not what's necessary but he it Anyways, back to Gary Chapman. He says that within those two years, you got to now understand, well, okay, well, the honeymoon phase might be over. Like Now you're kind of just like, you know who you are. You know what you're doing. You kind of already understand the patterns. How do you now properly continue communicating to further progress the relationship? And that is how when you understand if his is physical touch, I would then like, you know, in a partnership, his his girlfriend or his girl would have to be a, you know, let's hold hands or a hug, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's usually, but it's after the two year mark. So I guess it kind of fits in with your model. Yeah, I always just say that just because eight months is usually just, and it might not be completely, but the longer you go, obviously two years, it's like you're you're in it. You know? and yeah, that's yeah, true. Because like years. eight months is like getting close to a year where you're like, holy shit, this is this is real. Yeah, yeah I've been with happening. the same person for eight months. Like, is this really what I want? Yeah, I am I gonna hit a year with this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. One year. Oh, or you don't have the conversations, and then yeah, you are like, oh, I want to have sex with another person. My, <laughs> this sex is boring. I've heard that from my guy friends. I've heard that from. On my friends, I've heard it from clients. It's like, oh, okay, this we're on the sex topic. Sex is boring. Mm. Well, why don't you talk to them about it? You guys have been together for a year. You probably are doing the same shit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I go in. We do the same thing. The she same does this. It's like, oh, okay. It's like now we're having sex because now we're supposed to and we're in a relationship. And I'm like, well, that sounds awful. Why don't you have a conversation with her? Yeah, that I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't, want, I don't want it to get uncomfortable. I don't, I don't want it to be weird. Instead of like, babe, love you. We've been together for a year. Do you think our sex is getting boring? Because And maybe she's over there like, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about it, but I didn't want to yeah. hurt your feelings. Instead of hurt my feelings, hurt my feelings so we can still be together and work on it. And I think that also that kind of um, it says a lot about the relationship because if you're willing to have that uncomfortable, it's like, well, I said it once about, about us because every, every single, every now and then we get into these little discussions, but I always feel like we come back stronger because it's, Right, yeah. you always put that face when I say it too. It's always like, yeah, fuck this guy. No, 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 I get what you're saying. No, because 100%. we we kind of go at it, you know, as as friends, and and sometimes you know he'll tell me stuff that makes me uncomfortable, and I'll tell him stuff that makes me uncomfortable, sure. and but somehow we always come back stronger. Right? right? Yeah, yeah absolutely for right? sure. Um, that's what friendships are for. Though. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So I mean, I think all these practices, it's 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 like you said earlier, it's not just about you know intimate, intimate relationships, yeah. it's platonic and professional, everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, it, it's it's also kind of cool how it all can translate. Yeah. We're yeah. all people. We all shift. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Man, I love that. You're gonna say something. Um. Oh yeah. What I wanted to ask you is, when you have those conf- like, do you give couples like tips when they're like, hey, like the sex is boring. Do you just tell them, hey, like, have that discussion with them? Or do you give actual, like, maybe, like, practical steps that they can take in order for them to kind of get out of that boredom, you know? Or do you, like, re- refer you to someone who can have that? Uh, I, like, do you have, like, tips on how to, like, spice like a sexual uh, yeah. therapist, sexual expert? Yeah. Sexual. Well, I actually always ask them, like, well, why, what is, what is, what are you looking for? What is not there? Okay. A lot of people can say, like, 
what they don't what they don't like but it's like well what do you want and you can't communicate that with your to your partner so i was when they're saying that like yeah my sex is boring like how do i talk to my girl about it i'm like well first you have to say what's making it boring and what are you wanting you think most people know what they want but they're just afraid of saying it or maybe they never even thought about it because some people say well sex is boring well what do you want well i don't know know. like what do you what do you what do you you like in when you have sex yeah and And then it's like what do you not like yeah because if you like this then okay more of this yeah let's transition and work around this and build off of this yeah i think well i think for your question i think but i think both because i think some people do know like i'd like Mm. to try this they have this like Either they're embarrassed to talk about it or they've like watched some stuff or they've Fetish. heard stuff. Yeah. It's like shit on my chest. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's pushing it. Uh, if that, if uh, that, uh, that's uh, what you uh, like. I'm not uh, judging. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, now yeah. I'm curious about it. No, but. Not weird. That's not weird. <laughs> not weird. But, or there's people that don't, they don't know. It's just like you're unaware. It's just like, oh, yeah, the sex just sucks. Well, what do you want? Like, I don't know. It's just boring. Well, if you can't tell your partner, if your partner's supposed to read your mind, no. Yeah, yeah. All, mind reader. Like, yeah, what? Well, the sex is just boring. Well, what is actually making it boring? Why don't you sit down and try to. Be curious about it because that's too hard. That's too hard of work, right? Sure. Yeah, right. unless I'd rather go have sex with somebody new and to be excited. If, and that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. I feel like that sometimes it could be used as like an escape that where it's like, oh well, sex, you know, it's boring. Oh, I, I just don't care for it anymore. Yeah. Right. I just don't just, care for it. You, but do you know what you like? If you sat down and like, this is what I know I like in set in the bedroom, no matter who it is. You, if you do you right. know yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what it is. Because like, if a relationship right. starts to die down and then there's not even sex there, and you're just like. Sex sucks and everything else sucks. Like, yeah, yeah, I just don't care. I just don't know what it is. I just don't care for it anymore. Yeah, that's it. I'm out of here. It's a shame. Yeah, there was. I have one more thing ran here. Yes, we had. Well, I had put um toxic relationships like accepting it, but that kind of comes in. Wait, we talked about that yesterday. Yeah, accepting toxic relationships. We did boundaries that you. It was it was with boundaries how like some people or we had we had used women as an example how they'll let um like a toxic guy kind of yeah. manipulate or narcissism to right. allow them kind of to control them how do we I, you know what i think this was i was telling you an example about a client i had who there's i said there's a difference correct me if this isn't what you're talking about okay Might be. um there's a difference between needing somebody and wanting somebody right there's also you, good selfish and bad selfish so mm. it might circle oh, yeah. all together yeah so when you need so if i need you for something like i need you for I don't have money. I can't afford my apartment by myself. Yeah. Right. So it's like now, do I really want to be with you or do I have a a mode of them? Not even aware of that's like, what if we voice, what if I, what if he breaks up with me and I can't afford rent by myself? I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. So you stay. It's like, well now it's like this, is this person staying with me because they want to be with me or they need to be with me. Right. But you see that a lot. Like, and I had one of my clients and this is what I was, I think we were talking about of, you know, and my heart was breaking for her because she's like, I, she never worked. You know, she never had a job. And so there's there's a lot of cultures and sizes. That's that's how we're set up, right? Women are staying at home. That's how my my family's Italian. My grandma stayed home and my grandfather went to work. But what what is she wanted to leave him? Could she? Right. Right. Yeah. Or how can she how is she going to financially make it on her own? So my client, I asked her and she said, oh, Alessia, no matter what you tell me, which I'm like, I'm not going to be here to give you advice. I'm here to help you with your emotion. Like it's your life to live. Like that's a what I believe a therapist role is I will never lead you to tell you what to do. Right. But she said, I am not going to leave my husband. Mm. Ideally I, in my world, I was thinking healthily she needs to get out of this relationship because it's toxic and it's bad. And he's not talking like they just had a lot of messed up stuff going on. So I was helping her through that. But then at the end of the day, she's saying I get, I get all that, but I'm, I'm not leaving him. Okay. Then let's just accept 
accept that you're not going to leave and you're going to stay and let's work on you inside of the relationship yourself and just accept that you're going to have to deal with your emotion and how to get through your emotions while you stay with him. Because now you're just accepting that I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere. But it's kind of co- contradictory, don't you think, though? Because it's like if they're unhappy or like, do, do they express that they're unhappy, that they're that do yeah. they, they acknowledge that they're yeah. in, you know, toxic, but yeah. I'm not leaving him. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if you understand how you feel, ideally that may trigger them to say, oh, shit, this is toxic. I got to bounce. Yeah, and then there's a lot of stuff I'll do. But once you build that awareness of, you know, okay, why are you so, what are you so scared of? And of course hers was financially and she's like, Oh, well maybe I could, maybe she built her confidence. Why are you relying on him so much for money? And the next thing you know, she's like, once she starts getting a job and getting more going in herself, she's like, do I actually want to be with this guy? It's like emotional realization where it's like, wow, I, I, I don't need this guy. Like you said. And that's a power play too. Cause it's like, he already knew you're not going anywhere. You need me, Yeah. which is shitty. Cause now you're like this do you want to be in a relationship with a girl? And you see that all the time. Guys are like, I have all this money. I can get all these girls. But at the end of the day, you're getting girls because you have money. The girl that's with you, does she actually like the person you are, like who you are? Or is she just like, well, of course, I just want money. I want you to, I don't want to have to work. Yeah. If that's the life you want to live, sure, um, go go for it. Right. But it's a whole nother, it's a whole Shit. nother thing to go down. Right, right. That's a going yeah. down rabbit hole. My goodness. We're, we're almost at the two hour yeah. mark. I mean, there's so much we can still talk about, but um, oh, oh, one thing I wanted to kind of address was obviously, you know, I have friends who, who, who asked me, like, hey, you know, the therapy, like, you know, do you think, do you recommend it, like, couples therapy? Um, do you ever feel like, I feel like there's a stereotype that people, like, oh, you know, therapy is like the last resort. Like, if you go to therapy, the relationship's already virtually over because you see couples all the time how often do you f- see people come back from like their worst days in a relationship to, okay, like, like we can come through this rather than, okay, if you go therapy, couples therapy, it's already the death sentence to the relationship. Right. So is this something that happens often where people make it back or that's it? First, I think my perspective <laughs> on therapy is therapy is good. Even when relationships are good. Uh, I right? always say that. Yeah. People, it's people like, think, yeah, there's a stigma to it. So it, yeah, it is like there is a big individual and couples. It's right. like if you're going and you're going to couples therapy, then your relationship's a shit show, and you right. guys have so many issues, and poor you, right? Or if you go by yourself, you're crazy. If you go by yourself, yeah. like what's wrong with you? Instead yeah. of I go and I'm I'm trying to be aware and grow in who I am and figure out my blind spots and grow in me as a person. It's nothing bad. But I have clients that come in and they just oh mild anxiety, mild depression, or they're just like, hey, I got some shit. I just want to figure out and figure out who I am. Uh-huh. Okay, that's healthy. Couples, the same thing. You'll have couples come in and it's like, you know, I, my first question is, why are you here? Because usually when people walk in a session, couples or individual, it's, is it the, you hit rock bottom? Like, what What was like the point where you're like, I have to, I have to go figure some shit out. Mm-hmm. And usually the couples will say like, we just keep either getting in the same fight or, well, I'm going to get a divorce. But I always, I always say this. I'm assuming when you walk into my room and if you're both coming in, you really, you really want to make this work. Whether you want to be there or not, it's like, fuck. Like, I don't really want to go to therapy with my, with my wife, but obviously you don't want to lose her because you showed up. And I always believe if somebody showed up, there's a why. Right. They might not even realize, oh, yeah, I'm just coming because she's making me. Mm, but you showed up. Yeah, yeah. you, you yeah, could have still not gone. Yeah, yeah. she didn't put a gun to your head. You of, know, course, of course, of course. Unless. <laughs> Unless she did. <laughs> she, uh, We're so happy <laughs> together. <laughs> but, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, but they both Maybe. people have to look at each like yourself and yeah, that right. you know. But there is a definitely a stigma, and I right. I do see people come in and they're 
especially men, because of, of course men are like, oh, therapies. I don't need this shit. I don't need this. I ain't weak. You know, or I'm going to get in here and I'm going to get blamed for everything. And my job is to keep people out of the blame game. It's like, right. If you're going to go in with that mindset, then no. maybe there is some blame that you have to accept. But, but like, you go yeah. in there and if it, the whole session, I'm like, yeah, I'm here so he can fix his shit. Then he's gonna sit there the whole time, like here we here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, the the I'm the bad one. I'm the problem. Of course, of Instead of like, this is what I'm gonna take you to emotions. This is what I feel, and we're gonna work through that. And it's like we don't play the blame game because it's yeah. easy for you to say, "Oh, I I don't have boundaries." Me and my me and my boyfriend have argued about this one before. Sorry. Um, <laughs> definitely. Okay, I don't I don't I don't care about your boundaries because you don't care about mine. And I'm like, is this gonna get us anywhere? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. so that was just like I do this. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, since you don't have boundaries. I don't care about boundaries. So why let's go into a therapy session and talk about, well, he doesn't have boundaries. So why are we talking about my boundaries? Yeah. Instead of, okay, let's start with one. Let's start with mine and let me actually look at it. Like, why am I not setting these? And then we'll go to his later, you know, but it's a hard dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I mean, I've gone couples therapy. I've gone individual therapy and it's been great. Good for uh, you. Yeah. That's I, so exciting. I, I know it is. <laughs> it's awesome. So I'm going to, I had a coworker and he was asking me like, hey man, like I'm going to tr troubles with my girlfriend. Like, do you recommend therapy? Like couples therapy. And I'm like, yeah, like you should go. You know, like you love this person. You've been with them for five years. Yeah. Like try it out. And it actually helped them. So yeah. I'm happy for them. But that's kind of why I wanted to ask you because yeah. a lot of people think, man, couples therapy is like the last, that's it. Like it's already like done and, and I don't, I don't know if that. I want to go. And yeah, exactly. I don't believe that either, you know? It can I feel like it connects people more. It's like after a few sessions I'll see I'll see couples like, wow, there's stuff we don't even know mm -hmm. about each other. I've yeah. been married for this guy for ten years and I didn't know this. Like, I feel like I don't know who you are. Right. You know? It's a shame because awesome. it has like that stigma that, right. that mm -hmm. because of that, like, oh if you're there it's because you have problems or yeah. it is a death sentence. Yeah. Because of that, no one is open. Like if you're right. open to just learn about you and of maybe course. learn about your partner and Things would be a lot better, probably. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. It, it, that that openness is gonna allow the relation to flourish or sure. yourself to develop. Right. Um. It's just a shame. Yeah, it does have that. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Well, that's why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. We want to have For open sure. conversations. So people hard conversations are meant to be had. What is it? Direct but kind. Direct, Direct but, but kind. kind. All righty. So well, it is time to break up. Sorry, girl. But before we do, we um. You hurt my feelings, though. Uh, get over it. That's just because you know me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Get over it. Um, we always end it with the guest. You can say it to us or say it to the camera. Okay. It's pretty much our final thoughts, and you can sell yourself on to talk about you know what you're doing and uh, where they can find you. Also, um, again, us, camera, or is yours. Final thoughts and where can they find you? Well, thank you guys for having me. This was great. I appreciate people who can have hard conversations. I hope all of you have hard conversations because they're meant to be had. Be vulnerable, be open. Um, but this was great. You guys are awesome. Keep doing what you guys are doing because people need to hear more of this. So this is great. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you on. For yes, sure. it was. Thanks for having me, guys. So as we finish up once again, um, make sure you smash that like button. Subscribe. Um, subscribe wherever the buttons are. Yeah. Ring that notification bell. Probably somewhere on here. Um, comment, share, comment, all that share good stuff. It. You can find us on social media: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook TikTok. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe, follow, and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and you know. All that good stuff. We got our website, website coffeebreakup.com, yeah. where we can get our brief merch, which right. we want to elaborate <laughs> on. We've been talking about it for months, but we don't do anything about it. <laughs> little by little, we, we will. Get, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> but All right. That being said, thank you very much. Thank you for the support, guys. Appreciate Thanks. it. <laughs>